Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of this week's Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only twin that doesn't eat brie cheese. It's gross. Allison Brie, hot? She's in there. The Brodo Fantasy Podcast begins now. All right, so if you haven't listened to part one, Matt Breida, he's hot. I'm eating that. I'm eating myself all of Matt Breida. <laughs> Not this week, though. If you listened last, to the last episode, you'll understand why I don't like Matt Breida this week, although I like him regular season. Go check that out before you check this one out or check this, this one out and then that one. It doesn't really matter. We're going in time order, so if you feel like going in time order, do that. But we're getting into our first game. Uh, we did the first eight games. Now we're going to do the second eight games on this slate. Totally. The first game we're getting into is the Giants uh, and Jacksonville. The Giants are at home in this matchup. Uh, let's go out to the Giants right away. And that matchup that everybody wants to see, OBJ versus Jalen Ramsey. Who comes out? Excuse me. Who comes out on top? Ramsey. What? <coughs> By a little bit. You, all right, so if you're... I think OBJ will have a good game. Okay. According to Ramsey standards. So what's a good what's a good game if you're OBJ if you're an OBJ owner obviously you're tempering expectations against AJ, uh, against Ramsey and even if he goes to the other side and AJ Boye uh you know guards him you have to say say like five catches eighty yards all right yeah I'll take that I think that if he's you gonna, could add a touchdown all of a sudden you gotta yeah he's gonna need one of his I think like slants to the house in order to be a wide receiver. Top five wide receiver this week. Interesting. It, it's Jacksonville D. That's true. Uh, Sterling Shepard starts on the opposite side of him. Are you starting Sterling Shepard this week? Uh, I don't love Sterling Shepard. There's a lot of mouths to feed in New York. And I just think Sterling Shepard might be the odd man out. OBJ is there. Saquon Barkley is there. And I think Evan Ingram is the going to be the preferred slot type player. Uh, if you're going to attack Jacksonville, you're going to want to do it without your wide receivers, probably. They did lose Aaron Colvin, so Shepard will have some room to run out of the slot. But I don't love Shepard. Man, this this Jacksonville defense, just every time we look at it, it's really just... Listen to this offensive line. That they're, I mean, this defensive line that Saquon Barkley is going to have to deal with in his first game. Yannick Ngwakwe, uh, Marcel Darius, Malik Jackson... Calais Campbell. Behind him, you got Jared Jack, and you got Telvin Smith. In the corners, you got Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. And Barry Church as a safety is a good player, a very good player. Before before Ramsey and Boye got there, he was their best secondary player. And then even, uh, I forget. To Sean Gibson? Yeah. He's, on, he's not bad. Mm. He's not terrible. This is a ridiculous, ridiculous yeah. defense. Um, Saquon Barkley's first game is against this ridiculous defense. Now he does have Nate Solder, S- Solder, excuse me, on the left side, which is very important because he was a big run blocking uh, tight end. Uh, excuse me, left tackle Most last tackle. year. Uh, Will Hernandez also on that left side. Eric Flowers moves over to the right side. Uh, he's gonna have to block Calais Campbell. Let's see how good that goes. Uh, what do you see out of Saquon this week? Uh, I think he'll be fed. Early and often. Agreed. I think he gets 30 touches. Yeah. So I'm not worried 
with volume there. He'll be he'll be all right. Uh, Evan Ingram is someone that a lot of people have been a lot higher than you on. Fun fact, Evan Ingram actually ran a faster 40 at the Combine than OBJ did. That's unbelievable. That's legitimately unbelievable. Do you believe that he gets going? I think if there's any way to do it, it's against the Jaguars. Just because attacking them on the outside is so difficult. But... Last year, Jacksonville ranked 20th in DVOA against the tight end, so they are susceptible there. Yeah. Although you you think about you think about guys like Smith and Jack, and you think about fast guys who can cover the tight end. But uh, I mean, there has to be a way to beat everyone, and the tight end is the way to do it. Are you starting Evan Ingram this week? Yeah, if you have him, you're starting him. Either or. Let's do it. Evan Ingram, David Njoku. Ingram. Uh, Evan Ingram or Kyle Rudolph. That's an Rudolph. easy one. Hmm. Uh, Evan Ingram or Jeremy Reed? Jordan Reed? Jordan Reed, excuse me. Ingram. Ingram. Yeah, that one hurts. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is one of the weeks that I actually like Ingram. Uh, all right, so let's move on then um, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, interesting offense because you don't really know who's going to take that next step up. But what we do know is the two starting wide receivers on the outside are Dante Moncrief and the guy that Jason's been saying all along, all along, oh, you yeah. got to give credit where credit is due, listed as the number one wide receiver is Keelan Cole. Keelan. Um, how are you feeling about Keelan Cole and his matchup with Malcolm Jenkins? I love the matchup, matchup and I am... Um, Malcolm Jenkins, Janor Jenkins. Janor Jenkins, excuse me. Well, Keelan Cole traveled all over the field last season. I don't think that'll change just because he's the number one receiver. So I don't think it's just going to be him and Janor Jenkins on an island. But the Giants saw the most passing points per game last season. And Keelan Cole, when Marcus Lee was hurt, saw at least 23% of the team's targets in every game. So when you're facing a defense that's not too good against the pass, I know they're better than they seemed last season, but they're still not great. And when you're seeing a quarter of the team's targets, that's someone you want to start. Dante Moncrief against Eli Apple. Again, I'm not looking at it like that versus Eli Apple type of thing. I think Moncrief and Westbrook is really a toss-up. I know Moncrief is the starter, but he's also... He's never really been a reliable receiver, and he's also made a tissue paper. I'm not really trusting either. If I had to take a shot on one, I'd probably go Westbrook. Interesting, because Westbrook is also listed as a slarder. He's starting in the slot, so I guess he's a slarder. A slot starter? Slaughterhouse. No? Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, What do you see? I know you you said that you would consider him a sneaky start. Um, What do you see about, on the other hand, Austin Safarian Jenkins, who right now is hobbled with an abdominal injury? if he plays, are you comfortable playing him, or are you going with another tight end this week and seeing what happens? I am comfortable playing him if he plays. Interesting. The Giants, it seemed like they were giving up a touchdown to a tight end every week last season. And they put and they just got Alec Ogletree, who, not for nothing, is one of the worst cover linebackers yeah. maybe ever. Yes. He's more of a running, stopping guy. That's an understatement. So, ASJ is, I think, a good start this week. Leonard Fournette in the backfield. They got Andrew Norwell. I cannot say how much I think the addition of Andrew Norwell helps this team. He was the number one run, black, run blocking 
guard in the league last year. And you got a guy in Fournette who's going to just dig and dig and dig and dig and dig. I expect Leonard Fournette, if he stays healthy, to lead the league in rushing because I just believe he's going to get that many rushes as opposed to the other guys going to catch passes. I think it starts here. I think Leonard Fournette has a big game. What say you, Jay? Olivier Vernon might also be out. So add that on top of everything you said, and I agree. Fournette is always reliable when he's healthy. Is Blake Bortles a streaming star for you? He is. He has some streaming appeal. Blake Bortles or Tyrod Taylor? Bortles. Blake Bortles or Andy Dalton? Dalton. Blake Bortles or Jimmy Garoppolo? Garoppolo. Ooh, I don't know. I would take Bortles in that matchup. That's the first one we've disagreed on. Interesting. We've done a lot of those today. Those are fun games. Yeah. All right, let's go on to our next game. Uh, Kansas City at the Chargers. Let's start with the newest addition to the Los Angeles Chargers, Antonio Gates. Um, he adds some familiarity to Phillip Rivers in the red zone. So let's start with Gates. Is there any chance that he has any type of impact in this game whatsoever? Come on. <laughs> no. I don't know. He could catch a touchdown, sure, but yes. you're going to start Antonio Gates. Uh, Probably not. No. But, I, I mean, at that tight end, you could do worse. It's tight end, bro. It's tight end. I mean, sure, you can do worse, but you can also pick 24 guys. That'll be better. <laughs> uh, Keenan Allen on the outside. Uh, he no longer has to worry about facing Marcus Peters twice a week. Instead, now, he gets to face Kyle Fuller twice a week. Now, uh, sorry, Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller is a much better slot corner than he is a outside corner. That situation outside of Fuller is definitely something to monitor to the point where you have to really say what the Let's hell be real. The is Chiefs going on sucks. with Kansas City. Yes. Yeah. It's this is not bad. a Kansas City type defense here. So I'm taking everything about the pass and throwing it out the window because Rivers has historically been poor against them. I don't care anymore. Not the same unit. It's a great matchup for Philip Rivers. It's a great matchup for Keenan Allen. Tyrell and Mike Williams even offered some flex appeal. I love Mike Williams this week. And I think that he, uh, before Gates gets ready, I think that Mike Williams is the guy who gets the touchdowns. Now, I've cooled on Mike Williams overall because of, of the Antonio Gates signing, but I think he still has a week where he can get it. I think I'd rather go Tyrell this week. He has more big play potential. And they give up big plays out there in <clears throat> Kansas City, especially because Eric Berry, his status is up in the air right now. Um, Melvin Gordon is, of course, a must-start. Must-start Melvin Gordon. Uh, anyone else on the squad you want to talk about? Phillip Rivers. Obviously, if you have him, you're starting him in this matchup, right? Yes. Let's go to the Kansas City side. Lots of question marks, and it all starts with the man in the middle, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what do you expect out of Patrick Mahomes on this defense who not only can rush the passer, but Shady has one of the best quarterback cornerback tandems in the league with everyone knows about Casey Hayward, but... Trevor Williams went and had a pretty mm-hmm. good second year last year. Also in the secondary, uh, you know, they have Jaleel Adai. They have Rashawn Jenkins. These guys are good cover players. And then, of course, Ingram and Bosa on the outsides, two guys that are going to rush you like crazy. How does Patrick Mahomes respond to this kind of pressure? I seem to be a lot lower on the Chiefs than most of the world. Uh, I'm not sold on Patrick Mahomes, and I think that this is a terrible spot to start him. I'm not doing it. Also, I'm just going to keep it at that for Mahomes. Travis Kelsey is someone I've not been high on all season. I think he's been overdrafted. I said I'd rather have Ertz than him. 
I ranked him as my third tight end just because what he's done in the past can't be ignored, but he's not someone I ever drafted. He's not someone I wanted, and it's not changing this week. Uh, In his career against San Diego, Kelsey has no touchdowns against them. In his past 50 yards, only twice. And now you have Mahomes throwing him the ball instead of Alex Smith. So I think it's going to be a rough game for Travis Kelsey as well. The only people I like in Kansas City is Tyreek Hill. He's had success in the past, 165 yards and two touchdowns. It's hard to keep him down. He's just too fast. They'll find ways to get him the ball. If you have Hill, you got to start him. And Kareem Hunt. Uh, while the passing offense has struggled against Los Angeles, Hunt was running back 5-2 and two last season against them. So he's someone that you're firing up on all cylinders. Uh, thanks for taking my job and basically going over everyone in the Kansas City. I just had to because <laughs> I'm not loving Kelsey this year. He, I, I was gonna say I hope he proves me wrong, but I mean, I guess not really. Did well, you I mention Sammy well, Watkins? I, hope that I don't have. Oh, Sammy Watkins, uh, not someone I'm starting. He's probably, if everything lines up as it's supposed to, he's gonna get the Casey Hayward assignment, and he has looked. Like himself in the preseason, meaning he's done nothing. So, I'm not starting him until he can stops doing nothing. Uh, yes, yeah, stopping doing nothing should be a prerequisite. Hashtag analysis. Let's go. Let's go over to our next game: Carolina versus Dallas. Uh, look, there is some major, major turnover on the Carolina offensive line. Uh. They have a second-year player who hardly played a snap in Taylor Martin uh, playing uh, playing this season. His snap counts, his highest snap count was at week nine. He played 12 snaps. He played an average of about eight snaps per game last year, and he's moving over to left tackle. Now, he played well when he played, and they love him, but that's a big shift. Um, they lost Andrew Norwell and Greg Van Rotten, uh, who was – Last played in the league in 2013, he is their starting left guard. Um, you don't know what's going on with Daryl Williams, whether he's going to start or not. He's their starting right tackle, if you don't know. Matt Khalil is out uh, on the IR with a bad knee. And on the other side, you have Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory staring down your barrel, waiting to get to your quarterback. Do you think that the offensive line is going to throw Cam for a, a defensive line, excuse me, is going to throw Cam for a loop in this game. Not for nothing. A little off topic, but everything you just said, and Christian McCaffrey has been climbing up draft boards. It's because of his I know, it's because of the ball, but I just, let's, had, I just had to throw him some All right, so I forget. Here. Let's not talk about Cam. Let's go to McCaffrey. Dallas also ranked 28th in DVOA against the, against the run, pass-catching running backs last year, and that's exactly what McCaffrey is. Yeah, I mean, he played 90% of the team snaps in the preseason. Last season, he played 70% of the team snaps. I think it's realistic. I think it's going to be somewhere in between. They didn't sign C.J. Anderson to just ride the bench. He's a better running back than Jonathan Stewart was. So, CMC is a good play this week because Dallas is bad at defending receiving backs. But, keep on beating the same drum. Not a lot of touchdown upside there. So, I don't expect a good, oh, crazy week. I expect a solid week. All right, so now what about that defensive line and for the Cowboys and how Cam Newton's going to handle that. Cam Newton has been someone who is frustrated, and he's someone that if you force him to get the ball out quickly, he might be a little inaccurate with it. Yeah, uh, that's indisputable. But he also might scramble out of the pocket and get a 50-yard touchdown run. So 
I think he will have his struggles this game. He's just not a good quarterback. We've said it multiple times. But I think he you have to start him in fantasy. It's as simple as that, really. Another rookie who had a really good year at cornerback that not many people paid attention to, uh, Chidobi Awuzi, the starting cornerback for also the, great the Cowboys. Great name. Um, he goes up against Devin Funches. He draws that matchup. Do you think Funches is in for a rude game here? Yes, I think what you were talking about with the pressure that Dallas can apply to Cam Newton, I think that affects the wide receivers more than anything. Uh, I don't want to touch Devin Funches this week. I also don't want to touch DJ Moore or anyone else anyone else in that pass catching group except for Greg Olson. Curtis Samuel is out. Now, you say you want to touch Greg Olson. For me, I don't want anything to do with uh, Big Dick Greg over here. Dallas is generous to tight ends. And Cam Newton would be smart to use him if he's getting a lot of pressure. If he ends up having a good game, I'm trying to trade him immediately. But we're talking about week one, kid. I'm just saying. I just I don't believe he's having a good game. Let's go over to the other side. Uh, Zach Martin is back, thankfully, uh, for the the Dallas Cowboys. Joe Looney, a career backup, he takes the pace of Travis Fredericks, who's still out. We don't know when he's coming back. We don't know if he's ever coming back. Uh, Tyron Smith is is still there. Lyle Collins, who is not the best, but he's still there. Um, this offensive line, Zeke, looks like he's in the best shape of his entire life. Uh, what do you see out of Zeke in this game? Zeke going to eat. Simple as that. Short and sweet. Hashtag analysis. Actually, Zeke was third in routes run per game last season. He was just barely targeted on those routes run. So if he gets targeted a little bit more, he's going to be a PPR stud as well as a standard stud. Let's not forget two years ago, he did get targeted that much. And I think it happens again without Des Bryant. Um, Michael Gallup, Alan Hearns, which one of these guys is going to be the number one receiver? I'm going Gallup. I'm going Gallup too, which is interesting. Not he's a lot the, of people have that. He's the more exciting, more athletic player that played on all the first team snaps in the preseason. I think Gallup is the guy to own there. Any love for Cole Beasley at all? No. Or Terrence Williams? No. Dak Prescott? No. He was a quarterback 23 in the second half of last season. Right now, he's tough to trust. I can see the seasonal value. He's still a running quarterback. Uh, he's still a good quarterback. But right now, I'm not trusting Dak Prescott. So you can see the seasonal value, but not just not this week. That's a, I mean, it's fair. You can't really argue with that. Uh, I almost said Dallas Clark. Not Dallas Clark. Wow. I almost said Jason Witten. Jason Witten. The Cowboys literally have four tight ends, and no one knows who's going to start. Jeff Swaim is who they have He's first on the depth chart. As the yeah. starter right now, um, if that makes any difference. All right, so let's go move on to our next game, Washington at Arizona. This is an interesting matchup because you don't really know what's going on. Uh, two new quarterbacks on each side, so each of these offenses could look extremely different. Let's start in Arizona. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, is the consummate professional, the consummate uh, contributor. And he's now in the slot, which is exactly where Sam Bradford likes to throw the ball. Um, what do you see out of Larry Fitzgerald in this game? Uh, I think DJ and Fitz will continue to be all reliables. Uh, there's nothing to say otherwise. There's not really a lot of help around them. And as you said, Bradford... He's a guy who likes to throw the ball short, and that fits into Fitzgerald's game, and it also fits into David Johnson's pass-catching game. So I think it will be 
continue to be a one-two punch. I'm not trusting any of the other receivers out there. Christian Kirk can be good in the future, but I'm not trusting him right now. Uh, what I'm actually, who I actually like here a little bit is Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, he played basically all the first team snaps in the preseason, and last year he led all tight ends in yards per catch. He just barely got on the field, so his upside is massive. So I wouldn't be afraid to throw him out there as a back end tight end one. Uh, that's an interesting play. I like that a lot. Ricky Seals Jones. Um, any love for JJ Nelson at all? No. Any love for Chad Williams? Who, by the way, Chad Williams got named the starter on the outside over Christian Kirk, but the coaching staff acknowledges that Christian Kirk will get playing time. Mm, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, bench, bench, bench. <laughs> for at least for this game. Um, next up on our li- oh no, we need to go to Redskins, kid. Oh, the Redskins. Tim, next a, up is the Redskins. I got a question for you. What is your question? What does this mean to you? Because it could mean good things. But it could also just be nothing. Alex Smith is on a new team. Steve Wilkes is now the head coach of Arizona rather than the defensive coordinator of Carolina. But last season, Alex Smith had the highest yards per attempt on the blitz. And Steve Wilkes led the league in blitzes. That's the kind of stats you get right here, bro. That's a great stat. It's I interesting. Think it's it's intriguing. Mind. It's very intriguing because you don't know how the two correlate, but... If there is a correlation, it's probably going it's in favor of Smith. Right, of Smith. So, I think I would put a little more weight on this if both Wilkes and Smith weren't on new teams. Things could be a little different. It's funny because it's just, it's really hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard to predict. Um, Chris Thompson, Adrian Peterson. The two running back that looks to be splitting the load. Adrian Peterson went from car washes two weeks ago to being the starting running back for the Washington Redskins. Um, what kind of impact does he have on this game against a uh, middle that's okay, but Robert Kimdichie uh, really uh, dropped the ball on being good. And Chris Thompson, you know the kind of damage that he can do on the outside. Uh, which one of these, if any Chris or Thompson. if both, are you starting and why? It's not even close. Uh, even in the down year last year, Arizona was top five in rushing D. So I honestly believe Adrian Peterson offers no value in this game. He's not going to catch a ball, and he's not going to have success on the ground. So the Redskins would be smart to go to a passing attack, and Chris Thompson, especially against a team that will blitz a lot, if Wilkes is going to blitz at a league high, toss it out quickly to Chris Thompson, he's going to have room. That's something that you'd... NFL teams do to avoid the blitz. So I'm loving Chris Thompson as a flex play this week. Also, uh, Crowder will avoid Patrick Peterson in the slot. So Crowder is the play there. I can't. You can't trust Paul Richardson or Josh Doxson. Uh, what about Reed? When Reed is healthy, you start Jordan Reed. Assuming that he's healthy in this game. You start Jordan Reed. I drafted him late in one of my drafts, and I'm just like, please stay healthy. Uh, let's move on to our next game, Denver at Seattle. Um, Denver has a completely revamped offense, speaking of which. Uh, Case Keenum is their new quarterback. Is he a streaming offense for you, This, I mean, uh, option for you? Case Keenum? Yes. Uh, not quite yet. Royce Freeman is one of the more popular backs uh, in 
any draft right now, what would you consider a successful rookie debut for Royce Freeman against the Seattle Seahawks? Who, by the way, just added back Earl Thomas, who reported to yeah. camp today. But overall, the Seahawks defense is not very intimidating at this point. Way past the Legion of Boom days. Uh, I think Freeman will have a solid game. Uh, I guess I'm going to temper my expectations with the prediction. But even if... It depends how much work he gets, really. But if he's able to put up a four-and-a-half-yard-per-carry game, that'd be very promising. Um, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are both... Getting up there in age, and they got Cortland Sutton, who I am super high on this year, but maybe not now, maybe a little later. Um, athletic freak, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, he is. Um, what do you see out of these three guys in this game, and who's your favorite? How about keep, trade, cut? Uh, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. Cortland oh, this Sutton. is easy. Keep Sanders, trade Thomas, cut Sutton. All right, so why would you keep Sanders and Trey Thomas? And just for this week, by the way, this is not just in general. Just Sanders just for this week. has looked like the top guy for Keenum. He's looking like this year's Thielen. Uh, Mike Lombardi reported that uh, Emmanuel Sanders usually is very funny in the pregame or whatever. This is his contract year. And he said that he hasn't talked to anyone. He just He's just all about his business right now. Got to love that if you're a fantasy owner of him. What about Devontae Booker? Does Devontae Booker hold any value anymore? No, he's... He was the starter not anymore, so his name doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Shout out to Shaquem Griffin, who is going to be starting. Word up to that. Starting for the Seahawks. That that is something you could definitely clap to. And um, let's give it a clap. He'll be starting with his brother, Shaquille Griffin, who's going to be a cornerback on the outside. Um, the addition of Earl Thomas helps tremendously, obviously. Uh, but let's go to the Seattle offense. Still a terrible, disgusting O-line, but they do have a good left tackle in Dwayne Brown these days, which should help quarterback Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Uh, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett. What do you think about this passing attack in Seattle this week? Uh, I think if there was ever a week to, I guess, trust Brandon Marshall or Tyler Lockett, it's this week. Uh, Russ led the league in deep touchdowns last season, and Denver was the worst in the league in doing in allowing them. So that's why Tyler Lockett offers some appeal. Uh, Chris Harris is the slot cornerback, probably the best slot cornerback in the league for Denver. And Baldwin's going to be playing hobbled, so not a great matchup there, which is why Brandon Marshall has some appeal. But there's no way I'm ever starting Brandon Marshall in the league. Chris Carson looks like he locked down that starting running back position. Um, what do you expect out of him? Not much. Fighting behind, behind that O-line, that's not great. And then you got a D-line that consists of Chubb, uh, Walker, Wolf, Miller. Yeah, that's, you that's go from terrible to great, and Seattle only had four rushing touchdowns last season. So Chris Carson is not someone I'm happy about this week. I'm sitting him if I have the depth. One of my favorite sleepers, Nick Vanette. Uh, I think he's going to take some of that Jimmy Graham love, and I think he pans out, and I think he does well this game. What do you say? I agree. I I knew it would make you a little happy that I'm agreeing with you here, <laughs> but I think he's a sneaky good option. Uh, Denver's D, their main weakness is tight end, and Nick Vanette is the tight end there. And Graham's target's got to go somewhere. Russell Wilson, the man of the man. I don't even know what that means. Russell Wilson, um, 
he's going to be under pressure. Nick Chubb's first game. What else is new? Le- uh, Lamar Miller. I'm mean, not Lamar Miller. Uh, I, I just call Von Miller Lamar Miller. <laughs> I should be arrested. I've honestly never seen it. Ch- I'm looking at the PFF charts right now just to make sure like my starting lineups are correct and everything up to date. And Von Miller has scored an elite level at his position. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight years. That's unheard of. I've never, I've never seen that before. Um, anyway, uh, let's go. Let's talk about how it's going to affect Russell Wilson. I mean, if we were going to look at, if we were going to put Russ and the offensive line under a scope every game, then it would never look good. Mm. But that's why Russell Wilson is so great, because it doesn't matter. He's still Russell Wilson. He's still going to scramble and find guys for deep touchdowns or run in for a touchdown. And he always has a game every now and then that's pretty disgusting. But if you draft Russell Wilson, you're throwing him out there. Um, Let's go over to our next game, the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Big move by the Chicago Bears. They just added Marlon Mack to the mix. He will be chasing Aaron Rodgers. Um, hey, Brian Beluga, you were injured last year. Welcome back. You get to handle that. Uh, Bakhtiari, same with you. You're going to get to handle that as well. Um, Bakhtiari. What, how do you feel about the Packers offense, um, specifically the wide receiver core in this one? Uh, Devontae Adams had three touchdowns in four games against Chicago the last two years. So Devontae Adams. I mean, if you drafted him, you're throwing him out there. Uh, this is a good matchup. I don't matchup. see any reason why you'd sit him in this matchup. It's a good matchup for Cobb, but apparently he's the odd man out. There's some... Rumors about him being traded or possibly cut. He's also just hasn't really been that good the last few years. He's been better when Aaron Rodgers is on the field. So, I mean, if you have him and you want to start him, go for it. But I'm not excited about that. Uh, what I Who I am more excited about is Jamal Williams. The Green Bay lead, lead back averaged 70% of the team, 74% of the team snaps last season. So, Williams is a solid running back, too. Uh, I don't think there's any denying that here. And uh, Geronimo Allison, the other wide receiver, not the time for him, I think. Maybe if Cobb gets hurt or maybe we could see this game if he does have a bigger role, but not someone you could trust at the moment. All right, let's move on to our next game. Jimmy Graham, we also didn't do the Bears, Tim. The Bears. Oh, I was about to say, let's move on to our next game, Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, let's move on to our next team. Let's move on to our next team. That's what I meant to say. But let me just touch on Jimmy Graham. Please uh, do, because Johnny, our brother, went up to the draft board and proudly shouted, Jimmy Graham, 13 to 15 touchdowns this year. I think that Jimmy Graham will be a disappointment every single week he doesn't reach the end zone. And I'm saying he doesn't reach it this week. Any particular reason why? The Packers defense is good. They are. I mean, I mean the Danny Bears. Trevathan, the Bears defense. He's a good. He's a good linebacker. All right. Um, let's go over to the the Bears. Uh, a lot of question marks with the Bears. Allen Robinson, uh, coming off one of the better fantasy seasons of all time, hurt himself after having a stinker. So that's two years removed from his best fantasy season ever. What do you? What's your outlook on on Allen Robinson this year? This game is going to tell me a lot. Uh. King and Williams are not great defenders on the outside for the Packers. And A-Rod should put together a good game, which means the Bears should need to pass. And 
I really want to see what A-Rob does because he hasn't been good for the last two years. And it's a good matchup here if you want to start him as a wide receiver three. I wouldn't trust him as a wide receiver two. Trey Burton is my number four tight end overall on the season. He gets his first crack at starting. He's been really good in the preseason as well. What are the odds that Trey Burton um, ends up in the top five tight end discussion next season for the fantasy community? 98. Uh, What about this game? 98. (laughs) All right, explain why. I mean, I just, if you look at the other top, uh, 98 is high, but if you look at the other top guys, Ertz is dealing with Nick Foles. Um, Travis Kelsey already talked about. I don't love him. I th- I'd rather have Burton this week. Gronk is Gronk. Uh, Evan Ingram. I mean, I don't want to compare. the Trey Burton I like this week. Young quarterbacks like their tight ends. He has not had a big, a good rapport with his wide receivers at this point. So it'd be smart. He'd be smart to use Trey Burton a lot. Jordan Howard in the backfield, someone who has shot up draft boards uh, constantly. If he's on your squad now, congratulations. I think you've got a good player. Um, his coach says he's a three-down back. We're going to see. What do you see out of Jordan Howard this week? And how does his uh, little partner, Terry Cohen, um, complement him the, yeah. the way he does? I kind of hope the Packers take an early lead in this game to see if Matt Nagy is a truth teller or not. To see if Jordan Howard stays in the game. Uh, I am a little weary of him this week for that reason. But that's also assuming that the Packers are going to take a big lead. The Bears, as I've mentioned, I think are an underrated team. I like Jordan Howard this week. I also think Tariq Cohen has some flex appeal as a pass catching back out there. But I just don't get the love for him. I'm seeing him drafted in the seventh round of some drafts. and He's just not a guy that I'll ever feel comfortable starting. Um, on the on the other side, sorry about that. Uh, we have the next game, the last game, the Monday night game. Two uh, Monday night games, Tim. Right, but this is the last Monday night game. Not if we're doing Jets Lions. <laughs> oh, how the fuck did I forget about the Jets? It's our Jeez. team, kid. Sam Jesus. Darnold, kid. All right, let's go to the first one: Oakland and Los Angeles. That's well, the actually, second one. Yeah, I mean the first one in terms of like how many how many I wrote down. I just <laughs> forgot to write down the Jets game. What the hell's wrong with me? Um. Oh, oh my God! Do you take a look? The at The Raiders, the worst team ever assembled. I'm looking at the other side, and I'm looking at. I'll the, make this quick. The Start your defense. Rams, sit your Raiders. All of them, all of them. Really, even Marshawn Lynch, Amari Cooper, all of them. Jordy Nelson, all of them. Sit them all. The Rams cornerbacks, Marcus Peters and Akeem Talib. Against Talib in his career, Mark uh, Amari Cooper has eight yards on six targets. Shit. Against Peters, he has around 60 yards and a few more targets. Shit. Uh, Jordy Nelson can't get separation anymore. What's he going to do against those two guys with Derek Carr throwing in the ball? True story. Raiders are likely to go down quickly early. Marshawn Lynch is gone. I mean, and the Rams have Donald and Sue on their line. On top of that, Donald Penn is going from left tackle to right tackle this season, and they're leaving Colton Miller. At left tackle, he's a rookie. And Andamal Kinsu and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is the highest-graded player that I've ever seen on Pro Football Focus. Um, That secondary is a monster. This Los Angeles team is absolute monsters. Uh, Let's go to them on offense. Jared Goff, uh, I think, is a play here for sure, without a doubt. 
Um, Brandon Cooks, now that he's going to have more time in the pocket, Brandon Cooks becomes a little more valuable. Everyone comes a little more valuable once Khalil Mack gets traded. Mm-hmm. Um, Cooper Cup in the slot, I love this week. Uh, uh, Woods in the... I think all three guys are startable. I also think all three guys are startable. Although I'm down on Woods a year long, I like him in this matchup. Yeah, I think all three guys and Goff are all startable. And, of course, let's be real, you're going to be disappointed with a few. But at the moment, it's hard to tell which guy is going to shine through. So that's the chance you have to take. That's the chance you took when you drafted these guys. It's definitely a good matchup for you to take that chance. Yeah, if you're drafting Rams, you got to understand that your guy's probably not getting the majority of the looks unless your name is Todd Gurley. Um, let's move on to actually our last game. No, last, not yet. One thing. Yes. The Rams only, defense. Definitely play them. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay, Jared Cook, maybe. Might be the one bright spot on the Raiders. But I don't want to talk about the Raiders anymore. <laughs> Jason is on. disgusted by the Raiders. I'm not lying when I said that last episode. This man is disgusted by everything Oakland Raiders. Um, Detroit. Dude, the Raiders, it looked like they were going to, they were a new up and coming young team. And then they go and do this. They leave Oakland. They get John Gruden. They get rid of Khalil Mack. I don't know. Must suck to be a Raiders fan. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we're about to talk about the Jets. So we'll talk about having a sucky fan base. Um, well, not. The, the fan base isn't that good. It's, the team sucks. Um, so we have the Lions on offense. I, You know how I feel. I think Matt Stafford's going to win MVP. But this is a very good defense that the Jets have, especially their secondary. Um Tremaine Johnson, Mo Claiborne are the corners. Uh, of course, you know Adams and May. They got a lot of uh, a lot of comp- compliments as rookie players. They add Avery Williamson, which is a giant add in the middle of that lineup. I'm interested to see how Nathan Shepard does, but we're talking fantasy. So, are any of those guys going to be able to break through the newly improved Lions offensive line and do anything to Matt Stafford? With everything said about the Jets secondary, it is a good one. They still failed to add a pass rusher. I don't think we've ever had a pass rusher since John Abraham. Since John Abraham. Yeah. So that's a big deal when talking about this improved line. And also, let's not forget, Matt Stafford is basically the Bryce Harper of opening day. He's thrown for multiple touchdowns in week one in each of the last five seasons. And the Jets allowed multiple passing touchdowns in six of their eight road games last season. So you're basically firing up Matt Stafford knowing that he's going to throw for multiple touchdowns. I can't wait. So that makes Tate trustworthy. That makes Marvin Jones trustworthy. Even though Michael talks about it, he was worse with Galladay around last season. I guess that's something to watch. But you got to start Marvin Jones in this matchup if you have him. All right, Golden Tate in the slot against Buster Scrine. Buster Scrine, one of the better slot corners in the league, but I think that uh, you're definitely playing Golden Tate. 100%. Um, what about that backfield? LeGarrette Blunt, Carrion Johnson, Theo Riddick. I think Blunt gets first crack at it. Mm-hmm. Theo Riddick is going to be the pass catcher, and then Carrion kind of takes it on later in the year. Uh, I think that people are using a seventh-round pick or higher on a fourth-string running back on the Detroit Lions, and I don't understand why. <laughs> if it was up to me, he wouldn't be on a team. But anyway, I wouldn't start any Detroit running back. Maybe Blunt if you're in a standard league because it's touchdown-heavy. But how could you trust a Detroit running back at this point? I don't know. I, I think if I had, let's say I had Matt Breida and I had LeGarrette Blount and I drafted him in like the 13th round, I might no, start LeGarrette Blount over him. Uh, Breida's in a really bad matchup this week. Um, 
Let's go to the Jets. Their running back situation is a little murky as well. Bilal Powell and um, Isaiah Crowell. Which one are you taking of those two guys? Powell. Uh, he ran ahead of Crowell to end the preseason. Crowell's still a little banged up. And the Jets are road underdogs. And as we said, Stafford's going to throw for touchdowns. So Powell's a decent starting option. Anderson, Curse. Um, Curse Anuma. might actually not play. He's a little hurt right now. If he does, that'll be interesting because he was a slot receiver for the Jets last year. But Robbie Anderson ran 44% of his snaps this preseason out of the slot as that opposed is, to 28% that, last season. That's interesting. That would help his outlook because then he wouldn't be seeing Darius Slay. Which is always a bad matchup. Darius Slay, one of the better corners in the league. Yeah. Um, Fun so, fact, Sam Darnold's going to be the youngest ever quarterback to start an opening day. So what do you think the young man does? Not enough to be fantasy relevant. Uh, do you think that the Jets are holding him back a little too much? I think you're going to play it safe with him, and I think we're going to be upset about it. With that being said, I think we're done. I think so. Jason, week one is in the books. Oh, baby. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see if our picks have come to fruition. Um, yeah. Don't forget the waiver wave. I think it's going to be moving exclusively to Instagram this this year. Oh. So check that out. Whoa. Um, the waiver wave, if you don't know, is part of Veterans Minimum, at Veterans underscore Minimum on Doug Graham. Doug Graham. And then, of course, we will be releasing weekly rankings. Um, we apologize for not having them out before the Thursday, Thursday game this week. It will be the only week where that is not the case. But because of the Labor Day weekend and then Michael's trip to Vegas, we ran into some troubles getting the rankings out. Also, we had to finalize our final rankings going into the season. That so, as well. So you could look at our final rankings full season and that doesn't necessarily give you the matchup rankings that we believe in but it gives you an idea of how we expect the players to play yeah so the final rankings are out um we put them out though before the Le'Veon bell news so Le'Veon bell still listed as the number three player um overall number two player on your board number two player on michael's board if you had to redo it now and you had to guess where you'd put them like obviously this is a guess when we rank we don't guess we analyze if you had to guess where he fits, what do you got? Running back. Uh, nine. Overall of all running backs. After Kareem Hunt. So you're taking him after the big crop of yeah. definite running backs. Who would have thought Le'Veon Bell would fall so far? Jason, where can they find you? At Jason Petrop. At Tip Chop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. Follow us at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. Follow Michael at Mike underscore Patrop on all social media outlets. Until next time, good luck. May the forest be with you. Hashtag in Brodo we trust on everything it. you do. Until then, see ya. Later.